Hey, real quick, would you like to join me for a fun and super practical challenge to increase your online visibility? The Visibility Kickstarter Challenge is hosted by my friend Alina Vincent, who, if you don't know, she is the queen of online challenges. <clears throat> and that means that this is going to be one of the most actionable, value-packed, and fast-to-implement challenges that you have ever been a part of. I recently used her challenge method in my last launch, and it was the most effective challenge we have ever run, and it was easier than any, ever, any challenge we've ever run uh, as well. It is completely free, so if you want to join me, I'll be there. Head over to jenlaner.com forward slash 084 to sign up. And again, that's jenlaner, L-E-H-N-E-R.com forward slash 084. Hey guys, it's Gary Bay, Nerd Chuck, and you're listening to the Front Row Entrepreneur Podcast with our girl, Jen. Our guest today is an international speaker, a TEDx speaker, a podcaster, author, and founder of the agency THW Marketing. She works with businesses, entrepreneurs, and marketers to help them enhance their social media and marketing efforts. And over the last 15 years or so, she's worked with international brands like Land Rover, Rightmove, and Lead Pages. She hosts an awesome weekly podcast called Social Media Marketing Made Simple, and she's interviewed the likes of Amy Porterfield, Pat Flynn, James Webmore, Jasmine Starr, and Brian Banzo. She also writes for Social Media Examiner as well as trains people all over the world. I am thrilled to welcome our guest today and her adorable accent. Dear listeners, here is Teresa Heath-Waring. Hi, Teresa. It's so great to have you on the podcast today. Jen, thank you so much for having me on. Really excited to be doing this with you today. Well, as you may or may not know, the Front Row podcast is all about living life on the front row, or I should say the guests who come on the show are all people who are living their life on the front row. And of course, I mean that metaphorically, mm -hmm. uh, in the sense that these are people who have gone all in and you are a shining example of that. You speak all over the world on the biggest stages. You've done a TED talk. You have a successful business. You've got an awesome podcast. You've got all these things. And, but what I love is that you are the shining example of someone who is a front row person in the very literal sense, because yeah. <laughs> I met you sitting on the front row at social media marketing we world. Did. Was it, was it last year or was it, no, was it the year years, before? Two years ago. Two, okay. Yeah. So two years ago. And so I love it because you actually prove my theory um, <laughs> so perfectly because I think that the I think that the most interesting people sit on the front row. They're not they're not afraid to put themselves out there. They are go getters. They're movers and shakers. And you're not the first person who's been on this podcast who I've met sitting on the front row. On the front row. So you you are the perfect it. person to be here, and I'm so glad that you that you are. And it is a perfect analogy because, like you said, when you're on the front row, you're putting yourself out there. You want to be seen because you want that person on stage to see you so you can make that connection, so you can you want to be sat there so you can take in all the advice, so you can learn from them. So I love the fact that it's called the front row. I think that's an awesome analogy. 
Thank you. And that's so true. Like the, you see the speaker, you see subtle things that the people in the back can't see, um, yeah. certain gestures, whatever. I had a hundred dollar bill. Oh, I can't remember. He's the YouTube uh, expert, Billy. Oh, I feel bad. I can't remember his name, but I was on the front row. He asked a question and a lot of people shouted out the correct answer, but I was in the front row. Yeah. So he heard my answer and he gave me a $100, a $100 bill. So it Amazing. literally pays to be yeah. in the front row. You know? <laughs> that is brilliant. All right. So today we are going to talk about list building. I love to talk mm-hmm. about list building. We're going to talk about email marketing. And I know that's one of your passions. But, yeah. you know, at this last at this last social media marketing world, um, if you were in a few sessions, you might walk away with the impression that email is dead. What do you, what do you say about that? Do you know what? I think this is so interesting and a conversation that I have all the time with people because I think with all these new amazing tools and platforms and tactics that are coming out to marketers and business owners that people then forget about emails. And also, you know, when you hear about the successes of messenger bots and the open rates and the click-through rates, you're thinking to yourself, why am I even bothering with an email list? And lots of people think they're dead. Lots of people aren't using them. They're not having them in their strategy and they're not seeing it as yet another tool to go alongside all these other tools, which is exactly what it is and totally how it should be used. So for me, email marketing is definitely, definitely not dead. It's totally worth doing. And if anything, email marketing is so much smarter than it's ever been. And it's not just about blasting big messages out to people. It's about using it really, really smartly. And the other thing I want to uh, touch upon with this bit is just the fact that People often think, I don't need to build an email list or do emails because I have social media. And I have more examples than I care to give of people who have built amazing social media profiles to only then have their account hacked or to break a term and condition and be thrown off or locked out or And people have to remember, this is not our platform. We don't own the social media. We might have a great following and lots of interaction and a Facebook group and a Twitter page and an Instagram profile. But if at any point, any of those platforms decide, I don't want to do this anymore, or they decide you've broken one of their rules, or someone hacks it or something goes wrong, you've lost everyone and everything. And that is a that is a big, big thing. You know, if you're building your business using social media, then you really must try and secure yourself by getting them off and onto your email list. Cause that's the only sure way that you own that data and those people belong to you. So for me, it's still very much up there as a tool that you should be using in marketing. Okay. So have, I totally agree with you. And uh, how do you, uh, especially if you're, if you're new at this, what advice do you have for people to actually get people on their email list? Okay. So one of the first things that lots of people don't kind of think about or they don't, um, 
they're not paying great attention to is where are you giving people the actual opportunity to get on your list? That's the first thing. Go and have a look at everything you're posting. Go and have a look at your website. Go and have a look at your landing pages. Are you actually asking people to get on your list? And are you giving them a good reason to? No one is going to jump on your email list just for the hell of it. They're not just going to suddenly know, you know, think I'm going to sign up to 10 email lists a day. What an amazing fun activity to do. <laughs> You've got to give them a reason. They've got to know why you're worth having an email from. And so that's the kind of the first thing you do. Go and review what you've got out there. Where are you actually asking them? And I don't just mean, is there a, a box on your site that says, join our email list? Because again, you're not telling me why. You're not saying to me, what is it that you're going to give me or why I should do it, what the benefit is. But one of the things I talk a lot about, which I think is a really useful way of building your email list, is through the use of lead magnets and content upgrades. And these are a perfect way to not only build your email list, but to make sure you're building it with the right people. Because again, just on a quick side note, I think people are so obsessed with building these massive lists and having hundreds of thousands of people on there. But in all honesty, I would totally rather have a list of 500 people who loved me and loved my content than have a list of 5,000 who literally couldn't care less. So the first thing is it's not just about building the list, but it's making sure you're building it with people who actually want to be there and who are actually your potential customers. So what I mean by a lead magnet, if um, if your audience don't know the term, it's basically something that you're giving away for free and you're asking for their email address in return. So in my case and your case, Jen, you know, we, we do a lot of stuff where our service is our brain. You know, we help people out from what we know. So actually lead magnets for us are super easy because it's giving away free information. So I currently have a lead magnet that I advertise, um, which this is really interesting, right? One of the rules about a lead magnet is if it's too good to give it away, give it away because uh -huh. people will totally want it. Not only will they want it, but they're also going to look at that lead magnet and think, oh my word, if this is what she gives away for free, what on earth do I get if I pay? So that's kind of really good point anyway. But giving away the really good stuff is just going to help the success of that lead magnet. So I just want to tell you a quick, a quick story. So one of the things I have an agency and one of the big differentiators about my agency and one of the reasons where I can charge more is because we have a really proactive approach to social media. Lots of agencies where I am from and locally um, will often say they're social media managers or we manage your social media. And what they really mean is we post and we react. They don't mean we proactively go and follow people and talk to people, engage with people. Whereas we always did, that was part of my service. So whenever I went to a new customer and gave them my price, they'd say, well, you're expensive. But then I would say, but look at all the stuff we do. And then also when I took on a team, I wanted to put some structure behind it because I wanted to enable the team could do what I was doing. And I put together these checklists and they're really quite simple. They're nothing rocket science, but they basically tell me and my team every single day or every other day or every week or every month, these are the activities you have to do on that social media platform to be proactive. So it will say, go and follow five people using one of the hashtags. 
add people to your Twitter list, um, go and retweet five of your customers or whatever it might be. So I put together this list. When I sit down with a client, I work out what level of service we're going to give them. I give that to one of the team, the team do it. And you know what? They're so efficient because they have given, I've given them a very strict rule of this is what you go and do. And then you come out again. We do it really efficiently. So this was my differentiator. This was the thing that enabled me to charge more. And then when I decided I wanted to move away from doing more client one-to-one stuff and I wanted to do more um, teaching and helping and training and speaking, I wanted an amazing lead magnet and I decided to put that out there. And I was scared. I don't mind telling you, I sat there thinking, oh man, I'm literally giving away my gold dust here. And I put this lead magnet out there. I advertised it to social media managers and people who worked in social media and they ate it up. They totally, like that lead magnet was amazing. So I advertised it. And previously when I'd advertised anything for my business, I would get like a click-through rate of, I don't know, £1.40, something like that. If it was really good, it'd be down to like 70p or 90p. I did this lead magnet, I advertised it and the lowest conversion cost I got. So this not this isn't a click-through cost, this is a conversion cost, i.e. they handed over their email address, was 39p. Like, so when you say P, you mean pence. Yes. And that is what, like in cents for in oh, the US? So that would be like 20-something cents. Okay, crazy. Crazy good. Like, because I picked something really good that they would want. Mm-hmm. And I gave it them. And I worked a really long time on the landing page and the ad copy. And I made sure I understood who I was targeting. So I made sure that I knew my audience. I gave them something they really wanted. And all I said to them was, you can have this amazing thing. You just need to give me your email address. And I built 800 emails in the space of about three weeks. Okay, that's amazing. So I I have to stop you here because I know everybody listening is saying chomping at the bit, and they're like, mm-hmm. "I want that! I want that freebie!" Do you <laughs> still have that that freebie available? Can, can I we? I do. Know that yes. Show notes? I will give you the link because I don't know off the top of my head, but I will give you the link and we'll put it in the show notes. So yeah, absolutely, go get that freebie. Not a worry. Okay, awesome. All right, so you put this lead magnet out there. Yep. You're a little bit you're a little bit worried and uh, about it. It had great results, mm-hmm. and now they're on their your email list. Now what do you do? Okay, you are going to howl at this, Jen, right? So, when, and it's funny that we're doing this interview now because it's perfect timing. So, then obviously, you give them some kind of, uh, you give them a welcome email or an email that's delivering the lead magnet. That's the first thing. And then I have a series of campaign emails in that campaign where I say to them, How are you getting on? What else can I help you with? And my, um, my next step after I give them their lead magnet is I encourage them to come and listen to my podcast. That's basically the main thing I do. So then what I say to people is if you're going to use a lead magnet or something, you have this kind of onboarding process to do with your lead magnet. And then you want to be saying to them, right, you're now going to be receiving my regular emails and they should go into your kind of regular ongoing emails. However, I didn't do the regular ongoing emails. Honestly, I could literally slap myself in the face, like what an idiot. Like I've paid for this lead magnet. I've put this lead magnet out there. I've got all these amazing people on my list because I've done it a number of times and we've got thousands on the list now. And I literally would deliver the lead magnet and then not speak to them again. 
What a fool. So this is obviously not what I advise you to do. The whole point is you're putting them on your list because you want to keep them warm and you want to keep communicating to them because it's another way in which they can communicate. So great, they might still follow your social media. I might encourage them on an email to follow me on social media. But the beloved algorithm that is out there that causes all so much pain does not necessarily mean they see all my posts. So having multiple ways in which I can contact them, including email, is brilliant. So do you know what I did yesterday? I wrote the most honest email I've ever written to my entire list. And I basically said to them, I've been an idiot. I've spent this time building my list, getting you lovely people on there, and I've not sent you an email. I haven't taken my own good advice. And I've committed now, like I commit with the podcast, and you know what it's like. It, it's actually the podcast is great, actually, because it's the only content I do absolutely religiously, like without fail, every Monday, a new episode's coming out. No matter where I am in the world, what I'm doing, what kind of week I've had, there is always an episode coming out. So, for me, the podcast has been a really nice way to get me consistent. And now I'm doing the same with email. So I wrote this really honest email saying, listen, I did a huge fail. Like I should have been communicating to you. I want to be adding you value. I want to be giving you love. And therefore I am now going to be sending you an email every single Wednesday without fail that is going to be helping you and supporting you and giving you some information. Now it's not going to be really long. It's going to be really succinct. But I, the other thing I wrote in this email was, um, that I was going to get my copywriter to write it. And I actually put in the email, but let's face it, if you wanted to hear from my copywriter, you'd signed up to her email list. Wouldn't mm-hmm. you? Like, good. And you know what? I, I was, I think the reason I didn't send emails regularly was a couple of excuses and they are excuses. I'm not going to pretend they're good reasons because they're not. And if you're thinking this at the moment, if you're sat there listening to this podcast and you're thinking, damn, that's why I don't send emails. They are excuses. Stop it now do it. So my first excuse was I didn't want to bother people. I didn't, I didn't want to irritate them. And it's like, they signed up. And if they do, if they are bothered or they are irritated, then they're not your audience and they'll unsubscribe. And that's absolutely fine. I use um, Infusionsoft. It's a really good, but fairly expensive system. And it's based on the number of people that are on my list. So why would I just keep all these lovely people on my list and not email them And they might not even want to receive my stuff. And if they don't, great, unsubscribe and you can come off my list. You're obviously not ready for me at this point, or I'm not the right person for you or whatever it is, but then at least I'm not paying for you in my email system. So, so I didn't want to bother them. And I always just kept putting it off. I always kept thinking, oh, I'll do that later. I'll do that later. And I didn't see it as a major bit of content. And I tell you what it was um, that's let me, that's kind of spurred me to do it at this point. I, now I didn't go to her live session because I, um, in fact, I wasn't very well at Social Media Marketing World, which is a little bit annoying. The jet lag for whatever reason just didn't go away and I got run down anyway enough of the sob story. But since coming back, I listened to Anne Handley's session. Oh my gosh. I listened to it last night. I was just about to bring that up about the newsletter. Yes. Yes. So good. Talk about it. Talk about it. So I came back and I I'd heard she was amazing and I wanted to see it. So I was gutted. So I watched the replay and she talks about, well, first off, the one thing you have to know about Anne Handley's newsletter is people actually wait for it. They 
are so excited when it comes. Now imagine feeling like that. Imagine like people thinking that about your email newsletter. That's amazing. So first off, that's why I was so keen to kind of listen to it. But basically she completely changed my mind about what it is. Now I'm old school marketing. I've been in marketing for 15 years. So when we talk newsletters, we talk, you know, in my head, all I can think about is HTML rubbish of like, here's a picture, here's a blog post, here's a this. And it's the same tripe that you're putting out. Do you say tripe? Is that a word that you guys say? Like I know what tripe is. It's like intestines of an yeah, animal. Yeah. Right. So we okay. say, yeah. so we say it's, something's tripe if it's not good. Yeah. So, you know, if it's rubbish, then yeah. And, and that's how I saw email newsletters. But she basically said when she thinks of email newsletters, she thinks of letters. And one of the things I used to have pen pals when I was younger, I love receiving posts. I, oh, I love getting a letter. And, and suddenly I thought, I've been thinking about this all wrong. I need to think about this as a letter. I need to think this as a, I'm having a conversation with my audience. And she completely changed my mind and it made me go, I've been making a huge mistake. And also thinking as my email list as a, now I'm not like this, so I don't almost want to say it, but almost as a, there's a group of people that I can sell to. Like, that's horrible. It's it's an awful way to think about it. But we all know those people, and I was one of them, and I apologize. Not that I sold a whole lot online, I have to say, but um, we all know those people who we have emails from who literally only email us when they're selling something. And Absolutely. But that's part of it's almost hard not to fall into that trap yeah. because everybody's so busy trying to check the boxes and do all the right things that like you said, like you keep putting off the email, the email, the email, then all of a sudden you're launching you, your new course yeah. and you're like, well, Hello, let me send everyone. out like one really like funny value, value rich email and I'll wait two days and then, and then yeah. I'm going to blast them with my launch. You know? <laughs> exactly. And then I'm going to be really disappointed when all of them don't hurry up and buy. Like right. it's craziness. So I just loved the idea of sending a letter. So like I said, I wrote it in my totally honest voice. I am very honest and say, I don't like writing. I even said, you know, like I said, I considered a copyright writing it. And I thought, no, because one, it's either going to be not authentic to me. It's either going to be salesy. And again, I receive some emails, weekly emails from big people that I follow and love and they're slick, but they're obviously written by a copywriter. Whereas mm -hmm. actually I feel like I would resonate it so much more if I thought for one second they were sat writing that themselves. So I wrote in the email, I'm going to sit down every single week and write you a letter and talk to you. And if you want to stick around and get it, then I would love to have you here. Um, and if you don't, then no worries. There's an unsubscribe button and I will wish you a fond farewell. And I literally wrote that in the email. And you know what? I've had so many people reply saying, this is brilliant. Like more replies than I've ever had to an email that I've sent out to all my database. That is so inspiring. So do you, do you have a day of the week when you're going to do this? Wednesday. So I've and said- so When does your podcast come out? On a Monday. So I thought, because obviously part of, um, part of the email is going to be talking about the podcast because I like doing the podcast. I mean, you know, I, I like speaking. Uh, I find it really natural and I get really nice feedback from it, which is lovely. So the more people I can turn on to the podcast, then brilliant. So I wanted to wait till- you know, Monday, the podcast comes out, Wednesday, I send the email. And the other thing I'm going to do, which I haven't yet committed to. So 
saying it on here, I'm a little bit tentative because it means that you might hold me to it. No, say it. You have to say it. I'd really like to do a live video because um, I got totally swayed by watching Sunny Lenarduzzi. Am I saying Mm -hmm. that right? Um, And I loved her YouTube stuff and I wanted to do YouTube stuff. However, I decided that I'd be spreading myself too thin if I would then wanted to come up with a weekly YouTube, but I could do a weekly live easily, which would cover off the kind of video presence that I want to be. So my idea is if I'm going to do the live, I'm going to do that maybe on the Thursday. And then again, on my email, I can say, I'm going to be live tomorrow, come and see me. So that's kind of the long-term plan, but I haven't even thought about what I'm going to speak about in the emails. I'm just going to talk and I'm going to help and I'm going to add value. That's what I'm going to do. And like I said, hopefully I'm going to get a good reaction, but it's going to be totally me, totally authentic. I love it. And I think that the fact that like, I want to go back to your podcast and how you do it, like no matter what, no matter where you are, like you, you do that. That is, Mm. that is something that you've, you've been able to be consistent with. And I think that, I don't know, I, I feel like my theme for what I've been speaking about since, I don't know, for the past several months seems to keep coming back to consistency and that we just can't get around the fact that like it consistency really matters. And not only does it really matter, it's just really good for you. Mm. And the fact that you're doing podcasts, actually, you know, right off the bat, that gives you, if you, if you just completely draw a blank and you have nothing to talk about, you could always talk about that consistent piece of content that you put out, whether it's a live stream or a YouTube video or a podcast or whatever. So that's a whole nother good reason for having like some sort of content that you put out weekly. I call it anchor content. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're right. You know, even if I just talked around the subject I've talked about on the podcast, then there's always going to be value in that because I'm always giving something good and easy and and some tips or whatever away. So like you said, there's always going to be something to say. And the truth is there is always something to say. And it doesn't have to be crazy long. I don't know how you feel about this, actually. It'd be interesting to get your opinion. How do you feel about the stupid long emails? (laughs) like I can't read them I'm like I literally skip to the end give me the short version I find them really hard to like deal with do you yeah well absolutely I'm a scanner there's a couple of people who like uh Laura Belgray talking shrimp it doesn't matter however long her email is however short I'm gonna read every single word and I might even read it a second time (laughs) because I laugh out loud she just has the best emails but yeah, yeah, I don't I don't really like the super long ones. I have written, I've done both because again, like you'll come away from a conference like Social Media Marketing World or Traffic and Conversion or any of those conferences with absolute whiplash mm-hmm. because someone else, someone's talking about, you know, micro content and then someone else is talking about long form content. Yeah. You know, and it's like, which way do I go? I think ultimately though, like if you're a person that really needs to write a long email and that's the way you like to do it. And that's what what's going to keep you doing it. Then I guess keep doing it. You know, if that's like your style. And that's the um, thing, if it sits with you and it's authentic and it's real and, and, you know, that's what people see when they meet you or when they watch you or they, whatever, then great. You know, like you said, that sits with you, that's fine. And people are going to expect it and be happy with it because if they're your audience, that's going to be right. You know, for me, I like to keep things fairly short and succinct. And just because I'm not, I don't think I'm a natural writer. So, um, and I often try and write the way I speak, which 
sounds nice sometimes it can make it hard to read though so that's not ideal but i just want you know if they did nothing else that week other than saw the two three things i put in that email i want that to help them i want them to physically come away and go great teresa said uh no longer do tag a friend competitions on on facebook because they've just you know that's now against their rules and and whatever now so that's cool i won't do that or Teresa said that live video is coming to LinkedIn and I might want to try it. I'm going to look out for it. It's that sort of stuff. Because again, like you said, you go to these conferences and oh my God, like for as amazing they are, they cause a world of pain because you come away and you're like, I've got to do everything and everything's changing. And, and sometimes I just think, we need the quick fixes and the quick wins. And so for me, I think my audience are going to resonate well with that. Oh, I think so. I mean, you've inspired me. I mean, when I listened to to Anne's talk last night, I too mm. was like, okay, I definitely, it definitely um, shifted the way that I think about newsletters and well, every everything that she said, it was, yeah. it was great. She was awesome. Yeah. And then the way that you have, uh, have put it to us today, I, like I'm, I'm twice, I'm doubly inspired. And let's just talk about the fact that the way that you say it, okay, Teresa, like, so I have told you before that your voice is like beyond. I'm just sorry that my listeners have to hear me in between <laughs> um, bits of you because your voice it. is just like, oh, and I, I think, I think you're able to charge more just because of your, just, <laughs> you know, I'm going to put that. Can, can I quote you on that? Listen to you, so <laughs> I love that. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So any other tips for our uh, listeners as it relates to email yeah. before we wrap up. So one of the things I would do is if you're, um, you're going to do your lead magnet, you're going to get people on your list. If you have regular content that you're putting out there, like a blog or a podcast or a video series, content upgrades are another great way to get people on your list. So let's say for instance, if I was really smart, which I totally admit that I should take my own advice half the time and I don't. So let's say I had pre-prepped a uh, email list checklist then or an email list to do list or whatever, then at the end of this podcast, I could say, and by the way, I'm not. So if you're listening to this thinking, brilliant, she's got it. I haven't. Um, <laughs> so I'm sorry to disappoint. I've, I feel like this is a terrible example. I've let people down. You're all oh, going to be no, like, no, no. damn it, I need that. But let's say you'd got something that extends their learning or the other thing about a podcast, which I love, and Amy Porterfield does this all the time. And even though I know exactly what she's doing, I still not fall for it. That's not the right word. I still am actually convinced that she's doing me a favor. So what she'll do is on the podcast, because she's covering off so many things, she'll say, hey, if you're like me, and I do exactly the same, I always listen to a podcast while doing something else. And you don't want to take notes or you can't take notes and no worries. I've put it into a handy checklist or whatever. You can go download it from my show note page. So again, having those a great way in which to get people on the email list. And like I said, the chances are if they want the thing that you're giving, they are your customers. But the thing I would definitely recommend to do fairly succinctly afterwards is when you are doing, um, when you get them on your list, I would have, I would really add into your campaign in the early days some kind of very quick survey. So when you get them into your email list, so hopefully you're using something like Infusionsoft or um, 
ClickFunnels or one of the other like great Daddy. systems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you get them in, you're going to tag them. So you're going to you're going to know how they got onto your list and you're going to know which thing they downloaded. So then what would be great is if you could survey them and just ask them two or three questions. Now I'm going to make a recommendation and I'll send you the link, um, Jen, so you can put it in the show notes. There's a um, system called Response Suite and it pretty much talks to any email system that's out there and it's a surveying system and it's so cool because when they answer a question, it tags them in your email system. So really good. So basically one of the first things I ask them is, um, what what are you? That sounds terrible. Um, But you know, are you a business owner? Are you a social media manager working in a company? Do you have your own company? Are you a freelancer? Because the more I can understand who they are, the better I can make my email marketing appropriate to them. Um, But the other cool thing about this system is not only does it tag them in your email system, so you're tracking the answers, but then you can send them to a different landing page depending on the answers they give. How cool is that? That's so, brilliant. So let's say you've put a survey in your first few emails that you're sending out and it says to them, which one of these things are you and what thing are you having the most difficulty with? Then what I will do is when they answer the thing they're having the most difficulty with, they will then be sent to a thank you page that gives them another and I'm not going to call it a lead magnet because obviously at this point it's not a lead magnet, but a freebie, a bonus that helps them with the thing they've specifically said they've got a problem with. And how much is someone going to love you if you do that for them? That's so cool. Now, what's this? What's the integrator called? So it's called Response Suite. And I will send you a link so you can put that in the show notes. A great, great guys, uh, two guys that um, I've had on the podcast previously, really, really nice. But it's just the fact of the thing about emails going forward is we, although I did a massive email blast to everybody yesterday, ideally you don't want to be doing that. You want to be knowing, right? I know this about you. I know this about you. So you want to be tailoring your content to these people. You want to be having those personal conversations to them. You want to be able to, you know, let's say you speak on stage and you've got people to sign up from a certain conference. And while they sign up, it tags them that they attended that conference. You want to then send them an email going, Hey, Jeff, thanks so much for attending such and such and watching me talk there. So glad you enjoyed it because then it makes me feel like you know me. Uh, let's let's talk for a second about opening and closing salutations because mm-hmm. so I have mine set up, dear first name. Yeah. Inevitably, it says, dear Teresa Heath Waring. Yeah. yeah. Not, it does not say dear Teresa. And it's, it's, a, it's a convert kit thing, right? Yeah. So I mean, I, there's no way I can go back in and correct all those. Yeah. And then I noticed in Anne Hanley's talk at Social Media Marketing World, one of the examples she gave from this guy at a software company, he just says, hey there. Hey there. Yeah. Hey there. And then he signs off, I love you. Fantastic. I thought that was hilarious. I yeah, love like you. Like this really dry, like software company. I you know. know? <laughs> <laughs> So, so what, so now, so I say dear first name, but I might change it to, Hey there, just so it it doesn't do the first name, last name thing. Mm -hmm. And then I go, uh, I go back and forth with the closing. Like I might say, see you soon or talk soon if it's relevant. Sometimes depending on who I'm sending it to, I'll do an XO, but I'm not, you know, I'm not Mm. super, I'm not like, I'm not a mushy gushy kind of person. So I don't know. I just can't, I haven't decided on what my closing is. Do you have a special opening and closing? 
again, this is really interesting because yesterday it changed and because I was being completely authentic, right? So I, when I write an email, I write with one person in mind and I, so you know how, and I talk about this all the time, you create your avatar, you work out who your perfect person is. Now I normally know this person. It's normally someone I literally have got in mind. And that is such a nice way to write emails because imagine I get scared of writing a whole email to go to my list. Like literally it really does bother me. So, but then I think to myself, I write emails every single day, like hundreds of them, but because I'm writing them to one person, it feels different. So that's the first thing. I always think about that one person in mind. And then I think about how would I address that one person? Like, and what's natural to you? Because do you know what? It is natural for me to start my email saying, hey. So I'll be like, hey. And then I do send their first name. And actually when I collect email uh, email addresses, I only ever ask for their first name. And if I see that there's an obvious mistake, I will go back and edit it. Um, I do know some people who don't ever use the name because of the fact that people put in wrong names, they put in full names, it looks, and then it doesn't look great. So I think there's nothing wrong with not using a name and doing something like, hey there, or how's things, or jumping straight into it. Um, but I know that my data has only ever picked up the first name. So hopefully that works most of the time, but I always start mine. Hey, cause that's how I talk. Although saying that this last one didn't say, Hey, it said, uh, something like, okay. And then I put their first name. Cause again, I jumped straight into how I was saying it. The sign off normally I would put, um, thanks Teresa or something like that. And again, that's how I'd sign off a normal email. But what's interesting is once people get to know me, my family, and it's weird that when I hear other people call me this, but my family, my husband, my stepchildren, they call me T. So I try and get them to call me Lady T, but they're not having it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I just think that's rude. But <laughs> so, <laughs> thanks, thanks. That should be like my name now when I go on stage. Please welcome to the stage, Lady T. <laughs> So, it sounds a bit like a rapper, but like, yeah. <laughs> and then I come on the stage. Yeah, it's not going to fit right, is it? Um, it's rapping. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely not going to fit my look. So, so what happens is once I get to know someone, and especially when I've worked with a client for a while, I default from calling or signing off. Thanks, Teresa, and I literally put thanks, T, and I'll sometimes put a kiss. Right. And that's how I default on all my team. That's how I talk to them. And I just thought to myself, if I want to treat my list like my amazing tribe, community, people, my people that I want on my list, um, then I want to treat them like that. Because if they were my friends, that's how I treat them. And I would sign off tea with a kiss. And I nearly wrote in the email, hey, listen, you know, I'm doing this because this is what my family and my friends call me. And that's how I want to be with you guys. But my email was getting a little bit long and I was conscious of that. But that's what I've decided that I'm just going to sign it off tea with a kiss. And, and I know it sounds, it feels a bit weird saying it out loud, but genuinely, if, if we talk, that's how I start to write. So that's how I wanted to be authentic to the people on my list. Okay. I love it. There you heard, you heard it folks straight from Lady T. <laughs> yeah. You. Her and I'm trying to think of like another rapper now, someone like who I could, you know, obviously collab well, it with. It could be Queen T, like Queen Latifah. Oh, yeah, yeah. She might have some copyright issues on that, though. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. 
Teresa, thank you so much. This was so much fun. And I'm so inspired to write my next email. Thanks for joining me today. No problem. I had an absolute scream. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Front Row Podcast for Entrepreneurs. And you know what? I never ask you guys, but I'm asking you today. I would so appreciate it if you would head over to wherever it is you listen to this podcast and leave a review. It should only take a minute or two, but it makes so much of a difference. It helps people find the podcast and I would be ever so grateful. Thanks so much and I'll see you next time.